God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless even you. Welcome to the Midweek Power Nugget, where 15 minutes of your day can change, will change. If you allow it, God will let it blow your mind and transform your entire life. So grateful to God that he has given us yet another opportunity to be in the land of the living, another opportunity to love on another, another opportunity to be able to hear his word and become more like him, another opportunity to be able to see life through the eyes of Christ, another opportunity to be able to represent him in a more excellent way, another opportunity. You ought to be grateful for another opportunity to be here in the land of the living. There are so many who thought that they would survive till today, had plans for today, but they are not here to tell anyone of them. But since you are, you ought to be grateful to God that he had you on his mind. Let us pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, we bless your name. We glorify you. We lift you up. There is none like you in all the earth, and our mouth is filled with your praises today. God, we thank you so very much for having us on your mind as you thought about life's plan, as you thought about the plan of redemption. You had us on your mind, and we are forever grateful. Now, God, as we continue forth in your word, we pray that this word would be a lamp to our feet, a light to our path, that it would give us guidance, give us instruction, that it would meet us right where we are so that we have a roadmap to do what it is that you call for us to do, to say what it is that you need to be said in this realm, to go where it is that you need your hands and feet to travel. You're already there, but you desire to use our hands and our feet to do your work. God, let us make ourselves available to you. Now, Father, speak to us through your word. Let us be forever spoken to because you have a word for us today. We bless your name. We glorify you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. Amen. Again, we just thank God for every remembrance of you on today. On this morning, our travels take us. First, just a couple of verses from 1 Corinthians, the second chapter, starting at the 15th verse, Second Corinth, excuse me, 1 Corinthians, second chapter, starting at the 15th verse, then our travels will take us <clears throat> to Philippians, the second chapter, and we'll start at the fifth verse. Starting once again in, in 1 Corinthians, second chapter, reading a couple of verses from the 15th verse, starting from the New American Standard Bible. It reads as follows. But he who is spiritual appraises all things, yet he himself is appraised by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me read that from the English Standard Bible. The English Standard Version, 1 Corinthians 2. Starting at verse 15, it reads like this here. The spiritual person judges all things, but he himself is judged by no one. 
For who has understood the mind of the Lord as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Let's jump over to Philippians, the second chapter. Starting at the fifth verse, this one reads a little longer. Excuse me, Philippians, the second chapter, starting at the fifth verse again. Starting in the New American Standard Bible. It says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant, and being made in the likeness of men, being found in an image as a man. He humbled himself as being obedient, to the point of death, even death on a cross. For this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name which is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father, Verse 12, so then, my beloved, just as you have also obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who is at work in you, both to, to will and to work for his good pleasure. Do all things without grumbling or disputing, so that you will have proven yourselves to be blameless and innocent, children of God, above all reproach, in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation, also, excuse me, among you appear as lights in the world, holding fast to the word of life, so that in the day of Christ I will have reason to glory, because I did not run in vain, nor toil in vain. We're going to stop right there. Let me read that one more time, and this time reading from the message, and I'll be done today. Again, Philippians 5. Wow. Philippians 2, starting at verse 5. Sometimes numbers get a little transformed this time of morning. Reading from the message, it says this. Think of yourselves the way Christ thought, Christ Jesus thought of himself. He had equal status with God but did not think so much of himself that he had to cling to the advantages of that status no matter what. Not at all. When the time came, he set aside the privileges of deity and took on the status of a slave, became human. Having become human, he stayed human. It was an incredibly humbling process. He did not claim special privileges. He did not claim excuse me, claimed special privileges. Instead, he lived a selfless, obedient life, then died a selfless, obedient death, and the worst kind of death at that, a crucifixion. Because of that obedience, God lifted him high and honored him far beyond anyone or anything ever, so that all created things in heaven and on earth even those long ago dead and buried will now bow in worship before this Jesus Christ and call out in praise 
that he is the master of all to the glorious honor of God the Father. What I'm getting at, friends, is that you should simply keep on doing what you've been doing from the beginning. When I was living among you, you lived in responsive obedience. Now that I'm separated from you, again, this is Paul writing to the church in Philippi. Now that I'm separated from you, keep it up. Better yet, redouble your efforts. Be energetic in your life's salvation, reverent and sensitive before God. That energy is God's energy, an energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. Do everything readily and cheerfully. No bickering, no second guessing allowed. Go out into the world uncorrupted, a breath of fresh air in the squalid and polluted society. Provide people with a glimpse of good living and of the living God. Carry the light-giving message into the night so I'll have good cause to be proud of you on the day that Christ returns. You'll be living proof that I did not do, excuse me, didn't go to all this work for nothing. Let's stop right there. The word of the Lord is blessed. On this morning, with the little time that I have left, I want to talk to you about the spiritual mind, our nature versus our destiny, our nature versus our destiny. You all, we have the ability to make choices. When we became saved, God did not take our decisive mind away from us. But what he did encourage us to do through Paul and through the word of God is to let this mind let this attitude, let this decisive mind be in you, not the one that you have in the flesh, the one you were born with, but the mind that was in Jesus Christ. Even though he did not take the, the ability <clears throat> to think of ourselves away from us, so that we would think of ourselves lofty and think of ourselves, um, uh, you know, greater than we really are. It says we're supposed to have the same thought process of Christ, which is what? To not think highly of ourselves, to not think we've arrived, to not think we've got it all together, to think humbly. So much so that Christ was from a kingdom, was a king when he came on earth, but never considered himself to be one, never thought of himself to be one. But he thought humbly of himself, even, the word says, to the death of the cross. So I wonder what kind of mind. He used to make decisions. Did he make them in a silo? Or did he make them in conjunction to the word of Christ? Did he think of himself as, I got this. I, I don't have to bother God with this. 
Or did he live in accordance to Proverbs 3 and 6, in all your ways, acknowledge God, consider God. Put him on your decision-making committee. But not only that, make him the deciding factor because that scripture goes on to say, and he will direct your paths. We've been talking about making decisions all throughout the course of this year. And we're almost towards the middle of the year being done. We're almost at the place where we've got just as much time ahead of us in this year that we have behind us. So my question is this. Are you making decisions based on your current nature, your, your fleshly nature, or are you making decisions based on your destiny? Because we all should be living with a transformed mind. We all should be making decisions with the mind of Christ. That's what 1 Corinthians 2, 16 says. Who knows the mind of Christ that he may instruct the person who's spiritual? And Paul goes on to say, but we have the mind of Christ. See, Philippians says, let the mind be in you. But then Paul encourages us to say, we already got that mind. So as you go about your day, and as you make decisions, not just about where should I go for lunch or what should I wear for work or, you know, should I take a 15-minute break or should I take my full lunch? I'm not talking about those decisions. I'm talking about the decisions that will honor heaven. They came incorrect in me. They, they came slick out their mouth. Should I match their energy? Somebody flipped me off in traffic. Should I roll up behind them? I know I'm supposed to be fasting today, but I don't really feel like doing that today. What should I do? What will you do with the decisions today that honor heaven? What will you do with the decisions today that are more like life choices? What will you do with the decisions today that are more like eternal choices? What will you do with today's choices? Don't get me wrong. Life is full of choices. And so often we make the wrong choice. Today, Make a decision. Make a decision right at this moment that today, every choice that you make, you're going to consider God. I know it's quick to make choices, but take a pause today and say, God, I don't want to make not one move without considering you. And see how your life turns out today. I bet if you make it, in conjunction, if you make decisions, choices, in conjunction with God, you'll make those choices that honor God all day long. Let's pray. Our gracious Father and our Lord, God, we thank you for reminding us that we do have a choice in our choices. We can choose to do it in our flesh, or we could choose to do it in the spirit. God, let us choose spirit every time. 
Help us to be your change agents. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless each and every one of you. Have an amazingly God-blessed day. In Jesus' name.